because you're going to help me, Daniel. Y'all give Daniel a hand clap a honk this morning. Now, Daniel, typically with my illustrated sermons, no. I, this is my favorite part of preaching, but I'm going to let Daniel do, ha- have the fun part today. So, Daniel, pick a random fruit off the ground. Show it real fast. Who knows what this is? A papaya. You would be the one that would yell out about that. Papaya. Who in here knows what papaya tastes like? Who in here does not know what papaya tastes like? Okay. All right. Can you taste papaya effectively like this? What do you need to do? You got to break it. You got to cut it. So, Daniel, what I need you to do real fast, stand on the edge, don't fall through. I want you to slam that. Let's see how good of an explosion we can make with some fruit this morning, Daniel. Don't hit the board. No pressure. Oh, all right. Okay. That's, that's not, Terrence, I need you to come and hand this to him real quick. And, and I, I need him to slam it down again. I need you to use some force to explode this thing on the ground. Papayas are not easy to break. Ooh, it's juicy. All right, here we go. Let's see what you got. Let's see what you got. It is. And go. Yes! That's what I wanted to see. Okay. Yeah, I love it. You guys honked for broken fruit. Okay. Now, follow me. Now, Ken, I could tell you all day that that's a grapefruit. And we could argue all day whether that's a grapefruit or not or a papaya or not. But you only know what it is when it's broken. You only know what it is when the pressure is applied and what's inside comes out. Now, you get to pick one more. You get to pick one more. I already know which one you're looking at. I don't know if it's going to break. All right, let's go. Let's try it. Who knows what this thing is? It's a jack. Who's had jackfruit before? Who, who's never had jackfruit before? It looks like an egg off of like predators versus aliens or something. They sold it at HEB. Now, Daniel, let's see what's inside of a jackfruit. Let's go. I want you to slam this thing down. It's heavy, too. Let's go. What's in it? What's in it? What's in it? Jesus, give me strength. Oh, that's disgusting. That's not at all what I expected. Now, I wanted you to grab that jackfruit, put it up here, and then we're going to preach. So, all right. So here's the thing. Ken, I could get you this right here, which is a melon. Is it a watermelon or just a melon? Is there a difference? Okay. If I painted this to look like a watermelon, and uh, I, I sold it with a hundred different watermelons, and you buy it, when are you going to find out it's not a watermelon? When you open it. See, we could argue all day. I could, man, Caleb, I could get a professional cosmetic special effect makeup artist 
to paint this like a watermelon, and it could look like a watermelon. I could sell it like a watermelon, but does that change the fact that it's just a melon? No. And here's the thing. You can believe it and argue it with everything in you, but the moment I sell it and the moment I take it home and I cut it open. See, here's my question to you. I've got some people out here and you claim that you're a Christian and you dress it up good. You make it look yeah, yeah. You go to the most exciting church in, in Seguin, Texas called New Life Fellowship. I'm just kidding. And you got it. But then all of a sudden, pressure comes to your life and we find out what you really are. See, it doesn't matter how pretty it's painted. It doesn't matter on how, what it smells like. When pressure is applied to your life, we find out what you really are. If you've got your Bibles with you, I need you to go to Genesis. And we're going to go to Genesis chapter 37. Now, Genesis chapter 37 starts one of my favorite, one of my favorite Bible stories that I love to go through and just get something new from every time. Now, here's the thing about Genesis chapter 37. It talks about Joseph. Now, Joseph was his daddy's favorite. Joseph's daddy made him a pretty coat. We talk about that coat. But then Joseph began to have a what? A dream. Now, here's the thing you've got to understand about this dream. I'm not here talking about the significance of this dream according to his life. I'm here talking to you about the weight of that dream upon his life. Who in here that you remember dreaming of having a family? You remember dreaming of having kids? You remember dreaming getting that job? You remember dreaming getting that promotion? You remember dreaming it? And when you would go somewhere, you would think about it. You would think about that family. You would think about that freedom. You would think about that job. You would think about that house. I want you to think about the dreams that you have. I want you to think about the dreams that you have and the weight that they bring. I had a dream, Mike Gear, of being a pastor. Little did I know the actual weight and dedication it takes to be a pastor. And when I had that dream as a young person, there was a weight that came along top of it. When I wanted to be, in a, I wanted to be married, I wanted to have a successful marriage, I wanted to have kids. Who in here knows having kids is more than just having a pretty room? It's a weight that you carry. When they go somewhere, you think about them. When, you, you, your kids can't go anywhere without you having them on your heart. You, you, you think about it. Being... Being married, when you get married, you could have everything going right in the world, but something's off in your marriage and it carries with you. You think about it at your job. You think about it at your house. And my question is, is this, when the pressure is applied to your life, how well are you carrying your dreams? How well are you carrying your dreams? But not just how well are you carrying your dreams. How well are you carrying your dreams if they didn't happen right now? Some of you have dreams of having your own house, but you're living with mama right now. Some of you have dreams 
of getting married, but you're in middle school right now. Some of you have dreams of running your own business, but you're an employee right now instead of the employer right now. The weight of your dreams is heavy. And Joseph had to know how to carry the weight of those dreams. But see, the second thing that happened is Joseph goes and shares those dreams with his, his brothers and his family, and they didn't take it so well. Hey, you dreamers, be careful who you share your dreams with. Be careful who you share your dreams with because sometimes we're sharing our dreams with people that speak death to it because we're excited about the fact that we dream. Be careful who you share your dreams with. But he shares it. The brothers get all angry and bitter. So what do they do? They throw him in a pit. And not only do they throw him in a pit, they sell him into slavery. So my question is next. First, it's the weight of your dreams. Second, and we're going to run out of fruit about the points, but we're just going to go till we're done. Okay, does it sound good? That's a white watermelon. That's cool. The second pressure that we feel, Ken, are you ready for this? Is what happens when we're done wrong by those that we love the most. What happens when we have deep wounds from family and friends and people we care about and all of a sudden somebody we thought had our back backstabs us? What happens when somebody we, that we were married to treats us wrong and cheats on us? What happens when somebody we trusted in breaks us and hurts us? Who are you when people around you hurt you? Who are you when things go wrong? Joseph is in the middle of dreaming, and the next thing he knows, he's being thrown into a pit and sold into slavery. See, it's not the wounds from an enemy that hurt the worst. It's the wounds from those closest to you. And I can't promise you that people close to you won't hurt you. Only thing I can ask you is this. What comes out of you when they do? What comes out of you when somebody close to you does you wrong? What comes out of you? Now, some of you sit there and say, but Chris, they were wrong. Yes, I am not disagreeing with you. The things that have happened to you are wrong. I agree with you. People hurt you. People mess with you. People want to destroy you. But I can't change the fact. But my question is this. Are you going to become just as dark at the bottom of the pit you were thrown into? Are you going to allow bitterness, hate, worry, anxiety, and unforgiveness because you're the only person that can deal with you? I can't change the fact. Oh, I wish we could surround you with a bubble. Facebook, I wish we could put you in a little bubble, like an old movie, Bubble Boy. Mama didn't want him to get hurt, so she rolled him around just to protect him. And some of us think that God is going to put a bubble around us that we're never going to get hurt, we're never going to be betrayed, we're never going to be lied about, but you live in a world with broken people, and I am so much more interested in what comes out of you when broken people run into you. I want to know what comes out. Because what's inside you is going to come out when pressure is applied. Pressure is applied, melon come out. Did anybody see soy sauce come out of this thing? Did anybody see Worcestershire sauce, if that's how you say it, Worcestershire oil? Did anybody see mud come out? No. 
You would have thought something was different if that came out. Tyler, how dumb would I have looked if I would have said, melon came out. You would have said, well, that's what that is. It's a melon. Why are you surprised? So Tyler, can we go somewhere real quick? <laughs> Couples will come up to me doing relationships like they shouldn't be doing, and all of a sudden stuff comes out of their life they weren't expecting, and they say, what happened? And I said, you've been doing that. You can't expect covenant blessings on a non-covenant relationship. If you've been pouring this stuff into you, it's going to come out. My favorite is when people cuss and they say, I don't know where that came from. I'm like, I do. It wasn't magic. It wasn't. It, it, when you put it in your ears and you put it in your spirit, it begins to grow. So my question to you is this. When someone does you wrong, what comes out of you? What comes out of your spirit? So we see Joseph is now sold. So we covered the pressure of the dream. We covered the pressure of offense. Next one is very important. Listen here. In Genesis chapter 39. So Joseph is sold, but then goes to Potiphar's house, and he becomes... I mean, next to Potiphar, the most powerful man. Follow me. Do you think Potiphar had an ugly wife? No. He's working for Potiphar, and Potiphar's wife takes a good look at Joseph and says, come lay with me. Come be with me. And she persisted every day, so much so that she grabbed his cloak, and he had to leave it behind. Listen to me very carefully, church. Listen to me very carefully online. There is a pressure of your dreams. There's a pressure of offense. But there's a pressure of purity. We need to make sure we get right as a church. We need to make sure we get it right. Because we have to know that the problem with purity is, just like we've been studying in our Bible study in Romans 1 and 2, the things that happen in secret when no one is looking is just as important as the messages we preach on stages in front of everyone. And we've got to be very careful because the Bible says, I will walk into my house with a blameless heart. I will set my eyes before no vile thing. Let me sit down so you can get it here. Young people in relationships... Intercourse before marriage is not a suggestion you shouldn't do it. It's something you should flee from, and it is a gift for marriage that you do not know how to operate in outside of covenant. And the world will tell you, well, you're going to get married, so it's okay. That is wrong. It is just for the covenant of marriage. No question, no way around it. And we've got to be careful. We want the power of the Holy Spirit to flow through our vessels when and our vessel is impure with impurities of things of the flesh. We must be careful with the things that we flirt with. We must be careful with the things we watch on our cell phones and on TV. We must be careful. Oh, and parents, can I need you to lean in real close. 
Some of you say, but my kid's only in fifth grade. I'm okay. My first exposure to lewd, nasty material was at fifth and fourth grade. I was hooked at fifth and fourth grade grade. For me, it was in a basement at my friend's house with ripped up magazines. Now it's on your kid's Kindle. It's on your kid's iPad. It's on your kid's phone. And I may lose some friends after this. And my daughter's 12 and she respects this. My daughter is not old enough to handle the crazy stuff that would come across that phone. So I have that thing locked down. Locked down. Because that thing messed me up years ago. And the Holy Spirit had to break that off of me. Wives and husbands, you need to be praying for your spouse for the onslaught of attack and temptation that come up. Because purity was never a suggestion. It was a commandment. And see, when that pressure is applied, can we go somewhere, Terrence? Does Joseph... Lay with her if he's looking at her every day, side-eyed, flirting with it in his mind. What did Jesus say? He said, listen, I told it is written that you should not commit adultery. But I tell you that if you looked at someone lustfully with your eyes, you've committed adultery in your heart. See, I need to understand that the very things I allow to go in my eyes and the things that I allow to go through my eyes in entertainment are seeds that I'm planting inside my children's life. And I need to make sure that in my private time, I am just as holy as my public time. I need to make sure that I could watch a movie with Jesus and I would not be ashamed. Anybody ever told that? Well, if Jesus is watching the movie, would you keep watching it? Be careful. Because the pressure of purity will push you, and it will push you, and it will push you. And you know what this is goes to? Mm. No, I'm going to hold that back. Ken, we're going to talk about dehydration. Remember? Woo! Whatever level you need to go to to walk in freedom, do it. Cut out your eye, cut off your hand. Well, what does that mean today? Get rid of your TV. Get rid of your cell phone. Get rid of your internet signal. Get, get, get rid of it. Take away every hidden area in your life. Because I can promise you, from somebody that's walking in freedom, freedom feels so much better than hiding and excusing an old lifestyle. Amen? Come on. Let's keep breathing. Woo! So we see the pressure. Next. Genesis Chapter 39 going into 40. So let's talk about it. Joseph runs from her, and she's a little conniving, so he goes to prison. You ever had somebody do you wrong, and you were in the right? You ever get in trouble when you were doing everything right, but yet you still got in trouble? Did you ever get caught up, and you were doing it right, and then the wicked person got promoted? Do you ever feel like you were doing everything right and the person that was doing it wrong? Hey, go be in sales for a month and you'll realize that that's the name of the business. But, thank you, bud. And guess what happens? He says, God, I'm not going to lay with that woman. I'm going to run from her. And what was his reward, kid? A jail cell. 
I can't promise you that when you stand up for righteousness, there will be a parade waiting for you. But I can tell you this, you're being cheered on by a host of angels that are saying, come on now, hold strong now, come on now, hold strong now. The cheers are so much louder in the kingdom of heaven than the cheers from the earth if you would simply open your spirit to hear it. So he finds himself in prison, and he's laying there. Really, God, you give me a dream, and then you have my brother sell me, and then you have someone lie about me. I'm doing everything. You ever feel like you've done everything right, and it just still doesn't go right? You ever feel like you're doing everything right, and it just still doesn't go right? That was Joseph. Joseph's sitting there going, really? And then he hears two people, and they're having dreams. Do you know what the next pressure is? How faithful are you when your seasons aren't in the correct season? How faithful are you with your gifts when everybody else is flourishing? How faithful are you when things aren't going well? Joseph had every excuse to say, I am not interpreting your dang dreams because I'm in a prison cell. Get me out of this prison cell and I'll use my gifts. If you only wait to use your gifts when the sun is shining, nobody is going to be able to see the fullness of the anointing on your life because you're waiting for perfect situations and perfect places. I've had, to be, I've had to be faithful under crooked bosses. I've had to be faithful under crooked companies. I've had to be faithful in the midst of people wanting to see the end of me. Stop waiting for you to show faithfulness and waiting to see if it's going to be around you. What comes in you comes out and Joseph had to be faithful for someone else's benefit were you willing to be so used that in the midst of a prison you wanted to be so invested in someone else's freedom were you willing to pray for the sick while you were sick are you willing to pray for a marriage while yours is rocky are you willing to stand and, and, and you're going through something? Are you willing to push through in the midst of it? Perfect example. Are you willing to come to church when it's in a parking lot? Are you willing to go to church and be together? Now, we're about to be back in service, but you see what I'm saying. Ken, I'm not waiting for the world to get right for me to walk in my mandated calling as pastor of this house and the anointing upon my life. I'm not waiting I'm just saying, Father, if I'm in the house, I'm going to serve in the house. If I'm in the prison, I'm going to serve in the prison. If I'm in the bottom of a pit, I'm going to serve in the bottom of a pit. The world doesn't need to just see performers on a stage. They need to see faithful sons and daughters of God that serve in the midst of every storm and every sunshine. So the pressure is this question, are you going to stay faithful for other people's behalf? Are you going to pray for someone else's deliverance while the storm is rocking outside your windows? The pressure. The pressure. So what's the next step? This one was always hard for me. Do you ever go bend over backwards for someone in a situation, but then it comes time for your freedom and all of a sudden nobody's there trying to get you out of jail? You ever feel like you're always there to help other people, but when you need something, nobody's there to actually help you out? That pressure 
makes me a little upset at times. Until God begins to break me that says, man is not the one that brings freedom out of the cell. I will bring you out of the cell when you're ready. My timing for you is perfect. You may think you're in a field, but I planted you there. Young Chris thought, Father, you're sending me in the middle of a pasture in Seguin, Texas, and I called it Seguin. I've never been here, and you want me to minister here, and can I stand here? 14 years later because I was willing to let God be the one that promoted me in the midst of a dark season. Stop wondering if God sees you and just be faithful so when the pressure of being forgotten he was forgotten. The very people he interpreted dreams for forgot him in the prison. I don't need to change who I am because I'm not getting recognition from somebody that's going to fail and die the same way I am. Because, Ken, you know the hardest thing I've ever had to learn? If I choose to, li to live by the congratulations of man, I will die by their skepticism. If I choose to live by the congratulations of men, I will die by their scrutiny. If you choose to live by a hand clap and, and, and an attaboy, you will die by their looking down you on the nose. I can say this because you know I mean it well. The only person that truly matters on how well I'm doing is God. That's it. That's it. Do you know why, Tyler? By man's Subject, Jesus was a horrible pastor. He couldn't keep people. The moment he got a good usher team, he asked them a hard question and they left him. The moment they had a good, they, they, they had a good, uh, they had a good food gathering and a good Baptist food gathering after church, he would say something crazy and everybody would leave. Jesus was not a good pastor, according to man's standards. He didn't even have a logo. Jesus didn't even live stream. Because there is an American success that everybody says, and there's a kingdom success that the Father knows of. American success dies when the next thing rises up. Kingdom success is seeds that give God praise when it begins to rise up, and he gets the glory anyway. So some of you may sit there saying, I feel like I'm forgotten. I'm here to tell you, God's the one that's going to get you out. God's going to be the one to put you where you need to be. God's going to be the one. Stop waiting for the hand of someone else and start saying, Father, if it's in a day or if it's in a year, you're going to bring me out. You're going to make me stand where I need to be. I'm serving you. I'm going to be faithful in the prison. That way, when I get to where I'm going, I'm going to praise even louder. Amen? Woo! Yes, Lord. All right. Next. All of a sudden, memory kicks in. Pharaoh's having a dream. Memory kicks in. Like, oh, yeah, hey, there's this one guy that's really good. He gets brought up. And now he's one of the most powerful people in Egypt. Follow me. If you thought the pressure of the prison was hard, wait till you have the pressure of success. 
If you thought the pressure of the hard times was hard, wait till you have the pressure of things going right and everything going perfect. If you thought the pressure of being forgotten in a prison was hard, wait till everybody's screaming your name and wants to take pictures with you. Wait till everything's going right. Because the hard part about this pressure is this. You begin to think you got you there. You think you're the one. Do you know what I love about Jordan? Jordan knows he's the one that sought Jesus. And Jesus is the only one that could bring freedom in his life. See, you know what flesh wants to do after a while? You know, Jordan, you quit once. You can, you know, you can run away again. You can do this one. Ken, we can quit again. Just go back. You already climbed out of that pit one time. Go again. Let me be very clear. As fast as this church has grown in this season, this church can die. As fast as this, uh, people knowing my name, people can curse my name. And if, and like I said before, if I live by their congratulations, they will rule me later. And we must be careful that we forget the God that put us there when everything's going right. Don't forget to give him praise when your marriage is thriving. Don't forget to give him praise when everything's going good. You've been praying for him now in this season. Don't stop praising him and praying for him when things get better. Your job's been having hard and you've been seeking him. You know why I say this? It's because we're real bad about this, Tyler. Ooh, we seek him real hard in the hard times. But then we get on that mountaintop and we real comfortable. Then we get on that mountaintop and we're real happy. We real fat and sassy. When's the last time you prayed? Oh, I live a life of prayer. But when you're in the midst of it, I find you in your living room floor weeping to God. Father, fix it. Father, need it. I need you. I need you. And God says, man, you sure know how to pray when it's dark. You sure know how to seek me when it's rough. Where are you when you're on that mountaintop? And this is the part I want you to grab. Anybody out here like to plant anything and garden? Anybody? I need someone to tell me what kind of plants you can grow on the top of a mountain. On the very top. What kind of crops... Someone tell me what, what crops farmers are planting on the tops of mountains. Anybody? Not one, because you can't plant fruit on the top. You eat fruit on the top. In the valley, in the hard times, that's where fruit is planted inside your life. And though I want to stand on top of a mountain, I, can't, I will run out of food if all I do is have in the great times and not know the low times were the times he was putting fruit inside my life for me to eat on the top, for me to glorify on the top. You can't get fruit on a mountaintop. You can't get fruit, but you got to enjoy it. Right now, I'm so thankful we're getting some rain. I am under the shade. We've needed it. I'm not going to complain that we have rain. We've been praying for it. So my question to you is this. Mm. Ken, I, I've known a lot of men that have prayed for God's favor to get an anointing on their job to promotion and promotion and promotion. And I said, careful, because that's heady wine. And then they begin to put God to the sidelines the more they get promoted. 
Promotion's not a level for you to have more supply all the time, but just a higher stage for you to proclaim Jesus. Change the way you see promotion. Change the way you see promotion. So, there's been a lot of pressures we felt today. We felt the pressure of the dreams, the pressures of the promise. We talked about the pressures of when you get done wrong. We talked about the pressures of purity. We talked about the pressures of being faithful in a season when things are going rough in your hard times. We talked about the pressures of being forgotten. We talked about the pressures of the rise. Now I'm going to tell you the hardest pressure of all. Joseph's dream was about a famine. And because they followed it, the people didn't starve. And those same brothers, those same brothers that sold him into slavery were the same brothers coming with a handout because they needed some food. And Joseph had every ability to say, go ahead and kill him. He had the authority. Go ahead and kill him. Honest, open moment. It's really hard when someone does you wrong and then they go through some bad stuff because your flesh wants to enjoy their bad stuff. What happens when someone does you wrong and then they go through a storm and you start to say, that's them seeds you sowed. It's not fun, is it? It's not fun, is it? An ex starts going through stuff. Yep, not fun, is it? An old boss gets fired. Mm -hmm, not fun, is it? Joseph's at the fruition of his dreams. And here comes his family, and the pressure of forgiveness rises up. Joseph could have easily destroyed his brothers and his father because of the hardness in his heart towards what they did to him. I say this all the time, and honk if I'm right. If you're living, someone is going to hurt you. So let's try this. If you've been hurt in a way that hurts you deep, honk your horn. If you think in your life you maybe have hurt someone real deep, even if you didn't mean it, honk your horn. Everybody should have honked. Ken, the moment I follow Jesus, I lose my right to hold on to unforgiveness. I lose my right. The flesh will tell me it's fair. They did you wrong. They hurt you. I'm not saying you need to go be buddy-buddy with them again, but I am saying forgiveness is something I cannot devy out and divvy out to certain people I think des deserve it. I did not deserve forgiveness. I did not deserve freedom. I did not deserve for the sacrifice of Jesus, but yet I sit here sanctified, delivered, free as the righteousness of God telling you I can't hold it against you because Christ didn't hold it against me. And I've got to forgive. Or well, is that saying what they did to me was right? No. I'm saying that what Jesus did for you on the cross was stronger. I can't say that pressure won't be applied in your life.
It's going to. And people are going to do you wrong. You, you want to have fun conversations? Come talk to me in this car in the front with my mother-in-law and my wife and talk about everybody that would really have loved to see us fail. <laughs> at my wedding, but listen, at my wedding, someone said, I give it six months. Carol, at my wedding. I'm sitting here 13 years later saying, where the haters at? <laughs> That was just, that was a little extra piece. But we've had people want us fail. And you know what's been hard? When those people that have wanted us to fail have needed prayer, have needed counseling, have needed love. And we've had to suck it up, Ken, and put it aside and say, Father, I don't know if I can do it, but I'm going to do it for you. Now here's the two final parts about this pressure that you need to learn. Ready? With this pressure, pressure's going to happen. I just wanted to break it because it's fun. Huh? Should we try the jackfruit? It's not going to break, but we'll try it. How do y'all eat that? Whoever eats that, I don't know how you eat that. Jorge, I need you to come. I need you to grab me. One of those seeds. Any one of them. There you go. Right? That's perfect. Two things to remember. Are you ready? Has anybody in here ever been dehydrated before? Truly dehydrated. Man, you've never been so sick until you've been truly dehydrated. And... If I just throw some water down, does that fix the dehydration? Why am I dehydrated? Is it because I wasn't drinking water at that moment? Or was it I wasn't drinking water a few days before? Do you know what we have a problem with, Ken? We start having a sin headache and sin problems and sin worries and sin fruit. And we say, I'm dehydrated. Let me get in my word. Let me get in my worship. And I'm here to tell you, you're not dehydrated because you're not in the word now. It's because you haven't been in the word the week before. You haven't been in his presence the week before. And, and he, he, you want something to come out? You got to put the word in you when you don't need it. So it'll be there when you do need it. Don't wait. Hey. I promise you, if you're in the back seat with your girlfriend, reading scriptures about purity is not the first thing you're going to want to do. If you've got a bottle in front of you and you struggle with alcoholism and you're driving by the liquor store, that worship song, just throwing it on real quick, ain't always going to do it. Putting the word in you before and in you and pressing it in you and seeking his presence before because you won't seek it when the pressure comes. It's too late. And some of us are going through issues and problems because we're spiritually dehydrated because we haven't been putting God in us, and so we're not going to have the fruit of the Holy Spirit come out of us. But can I give you the blessing of the breaking? Some say, that looks super uncomfortable. Yes. But tell me how I'm going to get this seed lest I break it. Tell me how I'm going to re reproduce the fruit in my life unless I'm broken. 
See, if I start to see brokenness as not something to run from, but something that when you break me, Holy Spirit comes out. You break me. Fruits. Listen, the world might try to press me, but when the world tries to press me and the enemy tries to break me, seeds of patience come out if I'm seeking the king of patience. Seeds of love will come out if I'm seeking the king of love. Seeds of life will come out. So my kids, when I'm pressed... And prayer comes out. I plant hope into my children. I plant the way to do it in front of my children. I'm planting the way to do it in front of my children. So it's not just, I can enjoy this one piece of fruit. He breaks me so that there's crops of what can come out. So it's not just me having a thriving relationship. He presses me. It allows me to be pressed so I can have a parking lot full of marriages that can grow and change and men that can change and grow. What the enemy thought he was going to break you, all he was doing was unlocking the seeds of the Holy Spirit in you to bring a, pro to bring a product. Ken, the enemy thought he was going to break my marriage, but all he did was make us seek God more so I could say I'm more in love with that woman now than I ever have been. Man, he tried to make everyone stand against me, Daniel, and make me quit, but all he did was make me seek him harder than say, no matter who it puts me with or he takes me from, I'm going on with God. The very things that the devil tried to break Jesus with sent the gospel around the world, and if he didn't Known what it would have accomplished, he never would have killed Jesus. So instead of asking why me, start asking why me. Not why am I going through this, God, but Father, why are you allowing me to be pressed? What fruit do you need multiplied in my life? Not why am I in this hard job, God, but why am I in this hard job, God? Why do I have this crooked boss, God? Why is my family going through this, God? Oh, maybe because you need some seeds. Maybe you need some fruit. Maybe you need some life coming in it. Maybe you need some Jesus in it. Maybe you need it. Thank you for trusting me enough, Coy, to be in this season broken so seeds can be poured out of my life for a future harvest. Because no longer am I a victim to the enemy's schemes no longer my victim i'm simply a servant of jesus and when the enemy tries to press me it's a counterattack because fruit comes out seeds come out the holy spirit comes out now some of you say pastor chris i'm not there everything you said i'm struggling with and i'll say okay you start now repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand repent Turn from your evil ways. Don't flirt with sin. Run from sin. Don't play with sin. Kill sin. Get everything out of your life that would even tempt you. Do whatever you've got to do to push it out of the way. But then get, begin to fill yourself up. You need to be in church. You need to be in his word. Listen, I got introduced. Some, there's so many different avenues that you got me doing it. I got introduced to this video, this movie series called The Chosen. You want to get a clear picture of what Jesus looked like? Go download the app, The Chosen, and it's a free, it's a free uh, TV series of watching it. I promise you, you won't be able to turn it off. 
Get in your word. Get in your worship. Just start to seek God. Go back and watch sermons. Go back and, and get with brothers. Or you could come on Wednesday night on our Zoom meeting and watch our Bible study. That's what you could do too. But put it in there in you. Put it in you. Because the world needs the seeds that are supposed to pour out of us. I don't want to be trusted with walking through this season and not produce the fruit I was supposed to produce. Amen? Can we pray for you real fast? Can we pray for you? Mm. Father, we just thank you that though there is pressure on outside of us, we can't change the fact that there's pressure on us. But we can change what comes out of us when that pressure is applied. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would begin to birth true things in our lives. Let your fruit come out. Mm. I thank you. Let not flesh's fruit come out, but the, the, the fruits of the Holy Spirit would pour out of my life when pressure is applied. Mm. Show me where the peace needs to come out and the patience, the kindness, and the goodness. Show me with the self-control. Show me these things. Show me the forgiveness and loving my brother. Father, because the world is hungry for something real, and I carry the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus. They're waiting for us, Father. Let us not miss this opportunity. Let us not miss this opportunity. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you so much for coming this morning. We love you, we love you, we love you. Please watch social media this week. We have some announcements going out this week of, you know, pertaining service. Uh, when you see our live stream get uploaded, not live stream, but just our service, please go on there and share it because some people might not have seen it. Love you. Wait till you're dismissed by the parking crew. Be blessed.